a lot of reading this morning. Um, Jeremiah is known as the weeping prophet. Before we get started, let's pray. Father, we do thank you for this time together. We pray that you would help us quiet our hearts and minds before you. Lord, we pray that you speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> so he's known as the weeping prophet. Uh, he was put in stocks. He was put in chains. He was put in a dungeon and in the muck and the mire and the dungeon and all the well, it wasn't like prison today. And the king's, peop, kings and the people sought to kill him because of his message from the Lord. However, all of those things were not the reason he was called the weeping prophet. However, if you think about us or myself in any of those situations, I would be a weeping person. However, this is not why he was weeping. He was weeping because of the great destruction of the people of Israel. So I'd like to read for you, uh, first of all, let's go to Jeremiah 9, chapter Jeremiah 9, 13, and uh, I'm going to read verses 13 to 16 for you. Then the Lord said, because they have forsaken my law, which I set before them, and they have not obeyed my voice, neither walked therein, but ye have walked after the imaginations of their own heart and after Balaam, which their fathers taught them. Therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I will feed them, even this people, with wormwood and give them water of gall to drink. I will scatter them also among the heathen whom they nor their fathers have known, and I will send a sword after them till I have consumed them. This is the message that God gave to his prophet Jeremiah to speak to the people, saying, because you have done this, I gave you the law, you, you didn't do the law, instead you followed after your own, uh, you're in for certain destruction. So let's uh, read the destruction of the people of Israel. Jeremiah 11, verses 1 through 11. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the word that came from the Lord to Jeremiah, saying, Hear ye the word of this covenant, and speak unto the men of Judah and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and say thou unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Cursed be the man that obeyeth not the words of this covenant, which I commanded your fathers in the day that I brought them forth out of the land of Egypt. So this goes way back. Uh, it's not just in the time of Jeremiah. It's, it's way back in the day of when they, they were, came out of the land of Egypt. He gave them these uh, ordinances to keep. Basically, have no other gods before me. And that's the one that they totally uh, messed up on. And to the point that they were doing Balaam. And even sacrificing their own 
unto a god or unto an idol. <clears throat> it says, I brought them forth out of the land of Egypt from the iron furnace, saying, Obey my voice and do them according to all which I commanded you, so shall ye be my people, and I will be your God. There's a, and if you do this, I will do that. However, they didn't keep up their part. <clears throat> Some people have uh, the question, says, why do good things happen or bad things happen to good people? And uh, I would like to turn that around a little bit and say why we're going to see at the end of this message why good things are going to happen to these, what we would call bad people in the sense that they did not follow after what God had said. And after the judgments, we'll see that God still brings good to them. That I may perform the oath which I have sworn unto your fathers to give them the land flowing with milk and honey as it is this day. Then answered I and said, so be it, O Lord. Then the Lord said unto me, Proclaim all the words in the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem, saying, Hear ye the word of this covenant, and do them. For I earnestly protest unto your fathers in the day that I brought them up out of the land of Egypt, even unto this day, rising early and protesting, saying, Obey my voice. Yet they obeyed not nor inclined their ear, but walked every one after the imagination of their evil heart. Therefore, I will bring upon them all the words of this covenant, which I commanded them to do, but they did them not. And the Lord said unto me, A conspiracy is found among the men of Judah and among the inhabitants of Jerusalem, that they turn back to the iniquities of their forefathers, which refused to hear my words, and they went after other gods to serve them. The house of Israel and the house of Judah have they broken my covenant, which I made with their fathers. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will bring evil upon them, which they shall not be able to escape, and though they shall cry unto me, I will not hearken unto them. That's a pretty stout thing when you find yourself as an enemy of God, or when God is your enemy, God is going to win. There's no two ways about it. Do what I say, you have blessings. Do, don't do, and you do unto your own self, and you will have cursings from the Lord, he says here. So there's the promise of God, and that's in Jeremiah 7.23. Back a few pages, <clears throat> Jeremiah chapter 7, verse 23. But this thing I commanded them, saying, Obey my voice, and I will be your God, and ye shall be my people, and walk ye in all the ways that I have commanded you, that it may be well with you. There's the promise. Walk with me, it will be well with you. I will be your God. You shall be my people. There's the promise of blessing for those who will obey God's commandments and trust in Him. However, there are consequences for destruction. It's not something we hear about a lot these days in this society we live in is 
uh, the feel good do it feels good to do it society is no consequences well there are consequences in the word of god and for those who disobey him so let's look at the uh, disobedience the practice what did the people do says this is what they were supposed to do what did they do jeremiah 7 verse 25 to 31 Jeremiah chapter 7, verse 25. But they hearkened not, nor inclined their ear, but walked in the counsels and in the imagination of their evil heart, and went backward and not forward. Since the day that your fathers came forth out of the land of Egypt unto this day, I have even sent unto you all my servants, the prophets, daily rising up early and sending them. Yet they hearkened not unto me, nor inclined their ear, but hardened their neck, and they did worse than their forefathers. Therefore thou shalt speak all these words unto them, but they will not hearken to thee. Thou shalt call unto them, but they will not answer thee. But thou shalt say unto them, This is a nation that obeyeth not the voice of the Lord their God, nor receiveth correction. Truth is perished and is cut off from their mouth. Cut off thine hair, O Israel, and cast it away, and take up a lamentation unto high places. For the Lord has rejected and forsaken the generation of his wrath. For the children of Judah have done evil, In my sight, saith the Lord, they have set their abominations in the house which is called by my name to pollute it, and they have built the high places to Tobet, which is in the valley of the son of Hinnom, to burn their sons and their daughters in the fire, which I commanded them not, neither came it into my heart. Therefore, behold, the days come saith the Lord, that it shall no more be called Tobit, or the valley of the sun, so on and so forth. So there's, there's what the people did. God gave them, you go, take the land flowing with milk and honey, I will bless you, you be my people, I will be your God. And they did not only just the opposite, but they went backwards and did worse than their forefathers <clears throat> even from the time God had delivered them from the Egyptians at the Red Sea. Remember when they come out of the Red Sea, and then the first thing they did, they complained, Lord, there's no water. They got water. Lord, we're hungry. We want meat. And he gave them quail until they were sick. Uh, They never quit rebelling against the Lord. But Since the day that he brought them out of the Red Sea, they continued to rebel and turned away from following after the Lord. It says that they turned unto their own way. And that reminds me of a verse in Isaiah 53, verse uh, 6 says, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone unto his own way. And the Lord has laid on him, on Jesus Christ, the iniquity of us all. That's good news. Uh, Even though we are sheep and we turn astray, God has laid on him the iniquity of us all. That's the plan of salvation is there for us today. 
But it says they, they turned everyone unto his own way. Uh, Jeremiah 11, verse 8. <clears throat> Yet they obeyed not, nor inclined their ear, but walked everyone in his own imagination of their evil heart. Therefore I will bring upon them the words of this covenant. Uh, they, they turned into their own way. They did what they wanted to do. Uh, if it feels good, do it. They had uh, sin upon top of sin, and they worshipped idols rather than God in their own way. Their own choice was only evil. Without the guidance of God in their lives, they became even more corrupt. Even to the point of sacrificing their own children to an idol. Um, I can't even liken that today to anything uh, because they, the statue, you see the Moloch statue with his arms out and they were to put their children on these arms and fire it up and, and worship this image with, uh, it makes me think of a, um, a false sacrifice of the sun. There's the, the satanic trinity. There's this satanic thing going on here where God gave us his son for our sins to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And here, the satanic influence here is their own sons for their own guilt and their own sin, which God never, ever asked them to do, and they were worshiping an idol and not God. <clears throat> Even to the point of sacrificing their own children to an idol, God gave them instruction and clear word from the prophets, yet they rebelled against it. I'd like to read for you Micah 6, 6 to 8. Micah chapter 6, 6 through 8 says, Micah chapter 6, 6 through 8, Wherewith shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before the high God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves and a, of a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with a thousand of rams or with ten thousand of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression? No, <laughs> obviously not. These people tried that. The fruit of my body for the sin of my soul. He has showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly before thy God. I love that verse. I haven't, haven't read it for a long time. I come across it, and it's like, He has showed thee, O man, what to do, and what is good what is required of thee to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. I've heard people say in prayers, Lord, keep me humble. And I'm like, oh, Lord, humble me because we're not humble. How can you keep me humble if I'm not humble? But understood is, Lord, keep me humble. Lord, humble me. But to walk humbly before thy God and follow after his ways. <clears throat> This is good and profitable for us today to walk humbly before the Lord and love mercy rather than uh, practice evil toward those 
who may have treated us wrong. Um, for me, somebody does me wrong, the first thing is I have to catch myself, well, I want to do something back. Well, if I'm following close to the Lord, maybe I would do something nice back. That, that would really mess up their day because they are expecting you to do something rotten and wrong back because they know they deserve it. Try doing something totally the opposite. You'll receive a blessing. It's odd, but you will. <clears throat> Rather than practice evil toward those who may treat us wrong, try something godly. When our focus is on God, our practice will be godly. It will be easier to forgive the difficult practices of daily living will become almost enjoyable. When you see and you know that you have given it to God and you've prayed about it and you have that peace of God that passes understanding in your heart that I have given this to God and then you see over here how God worked it out, your hindsight looks back and goes, that's enjoyable. If I would have done this and this and this, like I really wanted to tear that guy loose, um, there wouldn't have been room for God to do this. And uh, <clears throat> it's, it's enjoyable when you can look back and see that God worked it out for you because you gave it into his hand. As you give them all over to God and watch as he works them out. Jeremiah 27, 11. Let's go there. We're going to be reading back and forth in Jeremiah. Jeremiah 27, 11. It says, But the nations that bring their neck under the yoke of the king of Babylon and serve him, those will I let remain still in their own land, saith the Lord, and they shall till it and dwell therein. This is just prior to the king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, just prior to Nebuchadnezzar taking, uh, destroying, pillaging, and killing, and wiping out Israel, the nations, and taking them into captivity. And here's what God said to them, but the nation that bringeth their neck under the yoke of the king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, and serve him, those will I let remain, where? In their own land, saith the Lord, and they shall till it and dwell therein. Now that sounds kind of like, well, the enemy's coming, they're going to destroy and wipe out everything around you, and you're supposed to walk out of the gate of your city, and you're supposed to bow down or give yourself into the hand of the Chaldeans, Nebuchadnezzar, this, this Babylonian king, and say, okay, here I am. Basically, I surrender. Or are you going to put up a fight and die? That was their choice. Give yourself to them and live or fight and die. And so that's what, uh, I will let them remain in their land, in, in their own land, until it, the only thing is, is they're going to be under a different uh, judge. They'll be under the uh, rule of Babylon. The Jewish people had turned their back on God and rejected his instruction. So let's look at their 
punishment. Jeremiah chapter 21, verse 1 to 10. Jeremiah 21, 1 through 10. The word which came unto Jeremiah from the Lord when the king Zedekiah sent for him, Hashur, the son of Malchain, and Zephaniah, the son of Malshiah, the priest, saying, Inquire. They're asking uh, Jeremiah to inquire of God for them. Inquire, I pray thee, of the Lord for us, for Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, maketh war against us, if we, if it, if so be that the Lord will deal with us according to all his wondrous works, that he may go up from us. They've seen God work many times to fight their battles. Um, God is their God, and they are supposed to be his people, yet they have turned their back on God, they're wondering, will God go up before us? Then said Jeremiah unto them, Thus shall ye say to Zedekiah, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Behold, I will turn back the weapons of war that are in your hands, wherewith ye fight against the king of Babylon and against the Chaldeans, which besiege you without the walls, and I will assemble them into the midst of the city." And I myself will fight against you with an outstretched hand and with a strong arm, even in anger and in fury and in great wrath. By the way, that's where we are as as sinners without Christ, without Christ as our forgiveness for sin. That's God's look at us. He is angry at our sin every day and would destroy you in the end if you have not Christ as your Savior. <clears throat> and I will smite the inhabitants of this city, both man and beast. They shall die of a great pestilence. And afterwards, saith the Lord, I will deliver Zedekiah, king of Judah, into his, <clears throat> his pardon me, Judah in, and his servants and people and such as left in the city from the pestilence and from the sword and from the famine into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. So if you made it through the sword, you made it through the pestilence, you made it through sickness, and you made it that far, you're going to die by the hand of Nebuchadnezzar and his enemies. And into the hand of those that seek their life, and he shall smite them with the edge of the sword. He shall not spare them, neither have pity nor have mercy. And unto his people thou shalt say, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I set before you the way of life and the way of death. He that abideth in this city, he that abideth in this city shall die by the sword and by the famine and by the pestilence. But he that goeth out and falleth to the Chaldeans and beseech that besiege you, he shall live, and his life shall be unto him for a prey. For I have set my face against this city for evil and not for good, 
saith the Lord, it shall be given into the hand of the king of Babylon, and he shall burn it with fire. So, you want to stay in the city and fight till your bitter end and die, or do you want to put your faith in the Lord? It's just a little harder to put the faith in the Lord now. There's all these people out there wanting to kill me. First of all, God says, be my people, I'll be your God. Well, now there's persecution and you can see it out there. It's a little harder to step out there and say, now I'm just going to go out and bow down and be theirs. Uh, I trust God. Um, So the punishment. Notice God gave them into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar didn't just come whopping along and decide, I'm greater than God and I'm going to take that nation. God gave the nation into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar. And when we get to the end of this, hopefully we'll see that it was God's perfect plan working itself out. There was many people who were practicing evil in the land, and there was many, many people that died, and then there was a remnant that was saved. And that's where we're going. Notice that God gave them into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar didn't win against God. And actually, God was on Nebuchadnezzar's side because he was against these people for their sin. He was against his own people because of sin. Jeremiah 7, 32 to 33. Jeremiah 7, 32 to 33. Therefore, behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that it shall no more be called the prophet, nor the valley of the son of Hinnom, but the valley of slaughter. For they shall bury in prophet till there be no place. They bury him as deep as they can, double him up. All the face of the ground is full. There be no more place to bury. And the carcasses of this people shall be meat for the fowls of the heaven and for the beasts of the earth, and no no one shall fray them away. Then will I cause to cease from the cities of Judah and from the streets of Jerusalem the voice of mirth and the voice of gladness. God's judgment is sure. They, they practiced evil against the Lord, and he... I don't want to use the word he he allowed it or he didn't judge it for a long time. And here you have the judgment coming upon the people because God is now going to clean up his house. The Lord caused a great slaughter of his people. So this is the punishment. And he scattered his people. In uh, Jeremiah 9, 16, it says he will scatter them among people that were that your your moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas didn't even know I'm going to scatter you all over the place and uh I'm going to kill you with the sword with with uh the pestilence and with Nebuchadnezzar and I'm going to scatter you and that's kind of like in our lives when you allow yourself to be separated from the truth of God and his word you are in great danger he may even use the most ungodly 
most vile sinner to draw, drag, and bring you back to fellowship. And I love those words, draw and drag, because they're in the Scripture. Um, when, you, when God reaches down to save you, he will draw you and drag you out of, out of sin unto himself, and you will become his child. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 9 Isaiah 1, 9. 1, 9 says, oops, get out of Song of Solomon into Isaiah here. real close together there. Okay, here we go. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 9 says, Except the Lord had left unto us a very small remnant, we should have been as Sodom, and we, and we should have been like unto Gomorrah. Totally destroyed. Remember, Lot's wife even looked back and she turned into a pillar of salt. God destroyed that nation with brimstone and fire and nothing was left says here, except the Lord of hosts had left unto us a very small remnant, we should have been as Sodom and Gomorrah, destroyed, completely gone. Except that God had left a remnant, all Israel would be destroyed. And uh, let's go back to Jeremiah chapter 27. Chapter 27 and verse 11. But the nations that bring their neck under the yoke of the king of Babylon and serve him, those will I let remain in their own land, saith the Lord, and they shall till it and dwell therein. There's the, the other half of that. So there's, there's, there's some of these people that are actually going to surrender and not fight. They're going to go out of the city and uh, uh, obey the direction of the Lord. Twenty-seven, eleven gives a record of all those who obeyed the direction of the Lord. They came out of the city and put themselves under the authority of the king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, and they were placed in their own land to live under the rule of Babylon, under the hand of Jedediah, Jedaliah. Let's go to uh, Jeremiah chapter 40. Jeremiah chapter 40 and uh, verses 5 through 6. It says, Now while he was not yet gone back, this is talking about... Uh, Jeremiah, after uh, this has all come to pass, then he could either go with Nebuchadnezzar, he could go to his land, or he could go wherever you want. His, his land was all before him. They, uh, Nebuchadnezzar favored Jeremiah. Now, while he was not yet gone back, he said, Go back also into Jedediah, the son of 
Ahinam, the son of Shaphan, whom the king of Babylon hath made governor over the cities of Judah, and dwell with him among the people. Or go wherever serve or go wheresoever it seemeth convenient unto thee to go. So the captain of the guard gave him victuals, and he returned and left and let him go. Then went Jeremiah unto Jedaliah, the son of Ahinam, to Mizpah, and dwelt with him among the people that were left in the land. So the people not only had their land that obeyed, they had their prophet of God, a true prophet of God, with them. And uh, they were under the hand. And now this small remnant, you see, has has come out from this judgment, and there's a small remnant that is left. So Nebuchadnezzar also carried away captive uh, some to Babylon. Among these were Daniel, and I'm going to use these names, Hadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These are names that were changed after they were in captivity. But you remember Daniel and the lion's den. Remember Hadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the three that went into the furnace, and then Christ comes into the furnace with them, and Nebuchadnezzar says, ah, there's four in there, but I only put three in there. And Christ says, here, Daniel, Hadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, it's like when when you, you see all the destruction that just went on and all the people that died because they went after idols, and then you can see, but if we live for God, then we have blessing. And then I, th- I think that was the, the backbone of Daniel and, and Hadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They can see that and say, look, we're, we're, we're stuck on doing what God wants us to do, and there's no way we're going to fall down to an image. There's no way we're going to do any of that because if, if we did that, we're going to be like our fathers and we'll be dead. And it was just a, another seal on it to help them be faithful to God after they got this far. Familiar names, but more importantly, how they served the king as they were in bondage. It's one thing when you serve, remember, God says, be my people, I'll be your God. Well, then he goes to, now there's destruction in your face. Do this, be my people, I will be your God. And then a step further, you're in bondage now. Be my people, I will be your God. God never changed his uh, word. He, he would still be their God and still help them. They believed the word of God by the prophet's mouth, the prophet Jeremiah. This is what Jeremiah told them, and they believed it, and they stuck to it even in captivity. Said, submit yourselves and live. I guess the lesson for us today is to realize that if we're going to be able to stand for the Lord in hard times, we need to have a close walk with him in good times or even in today, if you will. Uh, when, when trials come, you find yourself scattered. How close were you to God before the trial came? How close are you with God during the trial? How close are you with God after the trial? <clears throat> So I'd like to look at the power or the power of God in closing. Let's, let's uh, 
turn to Jeremiah chapter 50. Jeremiah chapter 50, verses 18 to 20. Jeremiah chapter 50, verse 18 says, Therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I will punish the king of Babylon and his land, as I have punished the king of Assyria, and I will bring Israel again to his habitation. And he shall feed on Carmel and Bashan, and his soul shall be satisfied upon Mount Ephraim and Gilead. In those days and in that time, saith the Lord, the iniquity of Israel shall be sought for, and there shall be none, and the sins of Judah, and they shall not be found. For I will pardon them whom I reserve. I love that verse. You think about our salvation today, people say, oh, but you're a big sinner, and you go, it's paid for. Christ paid my debt for me. What sin? Um, they, there was going to be those who point their fingers and say, oh, all you Israelites, didn't you do all these rotten things and, and leave your God and all, all the things of reminder, and God is going to say in that day, what sin? I pardoned them. I pardoned them because I choose to pardon them, not because they deserve it. <clears throat> God had just used Babylon to punish his people. And now he's going to bring punishment upon Babylon and preserve a remnant of his people. Is that interesting or what? Remember, Nebuchadnezzar wasn't the great king that just went around and just being the winner. It was because God gave them into his hand. And now God is saying, taking them back. And you're under the same destruction that you destroyed everybody else versus uh, destroy them like as they destroyed others so he protected his people the remnant the sovereign power of god acts as he wills accomplishing what only god can do and none other is that the sovereign power of god acts as he wills not as we do, but as he wills, accomplishes what only God can do and no other can do. Only God. The previous chapters were all of judgment against Israel. And now we see here in verse 20 that God chooses to pardon their sin. They, were going to, they will look for their iniquity. They will look for their sin. I will pardon them whom I will reserve. Even the sin of sacrificing their children. There is no sin too great that God cannot and will not forgive. Um, anybody listening or hearing the word understand that today is a day of salvation and there is nothing too great that God cannot forgive. Let's read Micah chapter chapter 7. 
Micah chapter 7, verse 18 and 19. Who is a God like unto thee that pardoneth iniquity and passeth by the transgression of the remnant of his heritage? He retaineth not his anger forever because he delighteth in mercy. Remember, mercy, be merciful, he delighteth in mercy. Verse 19, he will turn again, he will have compassion upon us, he will subdue our iniquities, and thou wilt cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. And when I think of the depths of the sea, I don't think at minus four tide, mean low, barely off my dock. I'm thinking out in the depths of the sea where there's no like as in the far as the east is from the west, there's no way of finding that sin ever again. God has taken care of it. Even their sins of these people and even our sins, you put the name on them. God chooses to, re, to pardon their sin and hide them in the depths of the sea. <clears throat> there is no sin too great or too big for God to handle. Isaiah 53, 6 says, He has laid on him, Jesus Christ, the iniquity of us all. All we like sheep have gone astray, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. There's hope for those who trust in the Lord. So, he saved a remnant out of a nation, destroyed sin out of their Presence and save their souls. That's what I'd like to leave with you today. The fact that he has laid on him, on Jesus Christ, the iniquity of us all. And we have hope in Jesus Christ today. Let's pray. Father, we're thankful for your word. We thank you for your goodness to us. Pray that you would open our hearts and minds to you and just... Cause your word to go forth and to accomplish its purpose. In Jesus' name, amen.